Dagon's Illusion, Episode 38, Mountain of Lament. The crater was a vast grave, and all the beings with their torches were gathered around it. Hundreds of feet down at the bottom lay a gigantic form. As Carson stared at it, he knew that it was the most beautiful creature he had ever seen. He was standing above the grave of a mighty angel. The majestic being lay on his back with his eyes open, staring at the sky, and he was lovely beyond comprehension. His death shroud was a shimmering robe, and every strand was woven from soft lightning. His long, dark hair was laced with rainbows, and on his head rested a diadem of stars. In his face there was a loveliness that surpassed the most beautiful woman, and a strength infinitely beyond the handsomest, most powerful man. But his eyes, above all else were his eyes. Even in death they were filled with the fire and glory of heaven, so beautiful, so magnificent, so ravishing, that just to look into them was to become an eternal slave. Man or woman, it didn't matter. In his eyes lived the desire of the ages. But with that burning desire came a terrible sorrow that a creature so perfect in loveliness could be lying in a grave. The singing and the wailing grew to a fevered pitch. In their anguish, many of the robed beings threw themselves into the crater, falling with their torches like tiny streaking stars. Carsons began to weep uncontrollably. He couldn't help it. He was overwhelmed with love and searing grief. If only he could stay here forever, looking into the angel's dead eyes. Unable to stop himself, he leaned over the edge. Tears were blurring his vision, and a broken heart blurred his mind. He was about to fall into the abyss when strong arms caught him and pulled him back. The robed being that held him whispered, Not now. You have only been called to see, not sacrifice. But I can't stand it. I want to be with him more than I want to live. Tears were streaming. I know. Why? Why? Why is he down there like that? Why is he dead? Murder. What? Carson's mind was so staggered he could hardly speak. He was murdered. Oh, God, why? The soft voice answered. It happened long ago. He was the bearer of light the lord of the living fire, the source of all beauty in the skies. When he smiled, the stars burned with joy and sang together. To hear his voice was to know the meaning of everlasting love. His song was ecstasy, more than flesh could bear. To him we pledged our souls. It was for jealousy that his enemies conspired and killed him. For speaking the truth and loving freedom, he was murdered and his body cast down into this pit. Who, who would do this? I hate them. I want to kill them. Who are they? Tell me who they are. The vacuous lords of false holiness. The invisible liars that roam the earth perverting the truth. They were the ones who bloodied and destroyed him. Their niggling lord is so arrogant that he refuses to give his name. In his hubris, he calls himself, I am, as though he were the sum and essence of all being. I know about that one, and I hate him. That's why you are a chosen servant. To you it has been given to know the truth and bear the light of our holy lord. 
We are in a great war, and soon will come the final battle. What happens will determine the future of all ages. If we are defeated, our souls will burn forever in living fire. What will happen if we win? Look up and see. Carson's looked. The moon vanished. Deep in the stars appeared a long, glistening form that spanned the sky. The one next to him whispered, They could kill his body, but they could never kill his mighty soul. In death he became eternal wisdom, the great Ouroboros who weaves life on every world. Carson's dropped to his knees. Yes, yes, I know him. I worship him. He is my god, the thousand-headed one in the tree of the garden. Because you have been faithful and have suffered much, you have been allowed to see him as he really is. Suddenly the serpent of the universe began plunging toward them. As he fell, his head grew larger and larger until it filled the sky. His mouth opened. Carson screamed. The serpent was going to swallow the world. Instead, he contracted and plunged straight down into the grave. With a mighty roar, the long body slithered into the dead angel like a celestial sperm entering an egg. A thunderous cheer went up. The angel moved. His eyes focused. He was alive. From out of him burst waves of golden light. Slowly, majestically, the great creature rose from his grave, and all the thousands of beings fell on their faces in worship. And in their worship, he flew. Higher and higher he went, and the stars of the universe began singing. Then it happened. He turned and looked down. For a single second, his eyes met those of Jack Carson's. For a single second, he looked straight into his soul, and in that second, Carson's was sealed forever. He gasped in an ecstasy that shattered his consciousness and left him writhing and gnashing in rapture. Raising his hands, the angel cried out, Come, faithful ones, consume the flesh of earth and drink all the blood that is in it. We will rule with a rod of iron, and the nations will grovel at our feet. Come and reign with me forever, and let every passion be fulfilled. But suddenly there was a streak of lightning. Thunder roared. The angel shivered. His eyes froze. Then he crashed back lifeless into the crater. Carson screamed and crawled to the edge. In horror, he looked down. From everywhere came weeping and wailing such as he could never have imagined. Sobbing, he watched as the great serpent slithered out of the body and streaked back into the sky where it vanished in the stars. The being who had spoken to him pulled him to his feet. As the dark host poured out their lament, the procession turned from the crater and slowly wended its way back down the mountain. The one with Carson said, If we are victorious, our god will rise to live forever. His garden with the great serpent tree will spread over all the earth. Once more, the mighty gods will reign from their temples, and we will sit on thrones beside them. Fight for your lord, and do not be afraid. Then he vanished into the crowd. Weeping, Carson stumbled along with the procession until he came to the place where he had joined it. There he stepped away. The darkness began to thicken and the moonlight vanished. Another moment, and all vision disappeared. As he stood groaning under the magnitude of what had been shown to him, a dim light became visible. 
he began walking toward it. Finally, he stepped through a door into the dusty laboratory of 1875.